Welcome back, everybody, to The Strange Road. This is episode two. This is a great episode. Awesome conversation. We're going to get into our money system here in the U.S. and around the globe, CARES Act, surveillance grids, and a whole lot more. Our hitchhiker today is my good buddy, Bryce Acker. Bryce is the CEO of Arbory Digital, a company he founded in 2019 with two partners. He's a computer scientist and has managed some of the largest Fortune 100 company websites over his 15-year career. He lives with his wife, Kim, in Hampstead, North Carolina. Kim and I actually grew up together and have been friends since we were kids. I ran into Kim one summer at a bar and she asked me if her new boyfriend, Bryce, could go to Bonnaroo with our crew. And let me tell you, that was a pretty historic trip. Bryce is into sports, traveling, live music. He's been to 49 of the 50 states. And he's been to five continents and one microcontinent, New Zealand. And knowing Bryce, he'll one day go to Antarctica. Maybe we'll go together, search for the entrance to the hollow earth. Bryce is self-taught in the world of finance. And as Jim Gale says, he's unencumbered by an economics degree. He's a longtime reader of Zero Hedge and a member of Mensa. He also currently serves as chair of the Cape Fear Libertarian Party in Greater Wilmington, North Carolina. Bryce, how you doing, buddy? Doing well. This is awesome, man. We've been talking about doing this for a long time. Great. Oh, yeah. I mean, maybe 10 years. Yeah, yeah. This is awesome, man. Um, Yeah, get into, let's get into it, man. Uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself. You're into a lot of different things. Um, you have had a pretty amazing career as a computer scientist and you have a wide variety of interests and just let our viewers know a little bit about yourself, buddy. Yeah, my, my, uh, bio roo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So I, I got a, a new title as of uh, last year, which is a uh, fund, uh, CEO. So I, I, uh, me and uh, two partners founded the company last year, Arbury Digital. Um, and, uh, really just doing the same thing we've been doing, but on our own now, um, which is daunting, but exciting, um, been a challenge. Um, but it's, it's been a lot of fun and, uh, you know, we're, we're really happy. We, uh, we did it uh, sort of went out on our own. Uh, so like I said, computer scientist, uh, university of Dayton grad, um, I've sort of focused in the web content management space for the past 15 years and been, uh, um, really instrumental in, in helping a lot of the largest fortune 100 companies, uh, websites over that, whether it's, you know, some of the financial companies, um, you know, Ernst and Young, Credit Suisse, um, as the world bank, um, as well as, uh, Ford, GM, automotive, Pfizer. Um, and actually I'm right now, um, uh, helping run, uh, discover.com. So, uh, that's more professional side, but uh, I don't like usually like to mix uh, professional and uh, pleasure. Um, I'm um, a big uh, sports fan. Uh, we love to travel, um, love live music. Um, so I've been actually the uh, 49 and 50 states, Alaska to go. Um, and uh, at this point, I, I always want to say six continents, but I guess technically five continents and a micro continent. We went to uh, New Zealand back in 2018 and, and uh, I was I was digging into that because I know Australia and uh, Antarctica I've never been to, but uh, technically New Zealand's its own microcontinent, I guess. Zealand, Zealandia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice man. Yeah. So, but but I also on the side, as you know, we like to geek out and talk about uh, finance and and the goings on in the world and and uh, you know what they're doing politically wise as well as. Um, 
you know, what, what, what the governments are doing, how they're encroaching on our lives uh, and digging into that, you know, being uh, um, mostly my career, I've, I've done the, the, the travel work as well as, you know, work remote a lot. So that, that uh, lets me uh, sort of keep an eye on what's going on during the day. Most people don't, you know, they have jobs to go to and, and they're busy during the day. So they, they can't really keep an eye on what's going on in the world of politics and, and, and finance. And uh, those two worlds blend together uh, a lot of times, which is interesting. Oh, absolutely. Uh, oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, on top of that, I'm a member of Mensa, and I'm also a, a libertarian. And I'm uh, currently the chair of the uh, Cape Fear Libertarian Party, which is uh, um, a, a tri-county um, uh, group down here in the Wilmington, North Carolina area. Dude, that's great. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we met in 2008, I believe. And uh, it's your wife... I ran into her in Columbus and she approached me outside of a bar and said, Hey, I got a question for you. Can my new boyfriend go to Bonnaroo with you? And I looked at her, uh, you know, with the old cockeye and, and she said, I promise he's cool. And I'm like, well, you know, I don't know. I've never met this guy. Let me, uh, let's hang out. And, <laughs> and, uh, so we ended up hanging out and, uh, with, me and another one of my buddies and we hit it off and you went to that 08 brew with us and we uh been really really good friends close friends since then so um i know a lot of these conversations kind of started um during that time uh when we were at rue together and uh your wife i grew up with in the same small town as her she actually lives uh five houses down from you know where i where i grew up and so uh yeah, man, we've been talking about doing this for a long time. It's so exciting that we're uh, we're here, we're doing this, and yeah, let's just let's get into it. So I, I was gonna say, five houses down is the other side of town, too. Right? right exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> unless you go over uh, the the small highway there, and then you're really on the other side of town. But yeah. uh, <laughs> no stoplights. So one thing I really wanted to kind of just lay a foundation for the uh for this conversation i know for me i really didn't know until i met you and you kind of started breaking it down for me in terms that i could understand as kind of a layman somebody that didn't understand the economy and money and how money is created um the federal reserve and the treasury and how all these different uh institutions sort of create our financial system and so yeah. I figured we could start there, which I think can lay a foundation for uh, some of the things that we're seeing with um, the banks and big corporations and, you know, money that's being given through the CARES Act. And um, so I think we could start there. And if you could do your best yep. to tell us, you know, where does money come from? Oh, man. Where does it come from? That's a good question. You know. Depends what your definition of money is. Uh, you know, currently, um, most currencies in the world are all fiat currencies, meaning that they get their power essentially from government dictate. So governments have told us that this is currency and that you must accept it um, in payment for goods. Um, and as a lot of people know, the uh, currently the Federal Reserve um, is who prints our money. Um, so if you look at every, you know, dollar bill, uh, it'll say federal reserve note across the top. 
Um, and, uh, yeah, at some point we can go into a lot deeper on that and the whole history of just even like the currency in the United States and, and, uh, you know, how it sort of gets its name, the greenback, which was actually coming out of the civil war where they, uh, they printed them in uh, green ink. Um, but, uh, long story short, our current monetary system is a debt based system. Uh, and, it, um, and like I said, it's also fiat, meaning really nothing backs it except for, um, the, the will of the government and really a, a government's ability to tax its people. So that's always the implicit, uh, guarantee behind, um, um, pretty much every world currency right now is that the government has reserved the right to tax the citizens and essentially make up whatever that future IOU payment is for. Uh, and, and really we were on a gold standard historically in this country. Um, and we left that in 1971. So Nixon, uh, Richard Nixon took us off the gold standard. Um, and, and that's probably, again, <laughs> we will have to maybe do an in-depth one on that sometime, but, uh, long story short, um, we had a gold based system and France asked for their gold and, uh, we didn't really have it or we didn't want to give it up essentially. So, uh, Nixon took us off the gold standard. And, and since that point, um, there's really nothing that backs our currency other, other than the, uh, blood, sweat and tears of the U uh, S taxpayer. Absolutely. And how did you get into, to kind of keeping your eye on these things? Was it something you've always been, um, you know, where do you get a lot That's of this information? Question. Where do you get a lot of your information? Because I think it's important that if people want to do their own research, it's you know, you can watch this and uh, take it for face value, but you could also do your own research yep. and base an opinion um, off of, you know, your own research. And sure. So it's, uh, so I, I guess I'm, I'm, you know, computer scientist. So I've always been into math and um, I've always, been curious really about stocks and how markets work. I mean, I remember um, we did a market simulation in middle school um, and I just sort of found that uh, interesting. And then we did another one again in high school and I actually won it in my uh, class. Uh, I don't know if it was just the classroom or if it was my wider grade, um, but I, <laughs> sadly, I didn't actually buy this in real life, but it was a company called Fuel Cell and they were um, investigating uh, fuel cell battery technologies and I, uh, in, during the course of this uh, stock market simulation, I bought it at $2 and sold it at 110 And that was, um, I don't know if it was the time frame, but it was maybe a month or maybe three months, something like that. Uh, but obviously, it was at the right point in time. And I had just been happened to research it and, and looked into it. it. You know, it's interesting, if you go back and look at it, too, that was definitely like a, 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 a bubble late 90s. Um, when we're going through a lot of those, um, really, again, I, I feel like central bank, uh, Federal Reserve bubbles that they sort of blow throughout the periods, but that was the, the really the height of the dot-com bubble. Um, and what's interesting about that technology, too, is I believe it was ExxonMobil ended up buying that company, but um, ExxonMobil and a couple of the other oil companies um, bought a lot of that fuel cell technology and just sort of sat on it because, <laughs> uh, you know, they yeah. have uh, other means of selling us energy. So, uh, but that, that, uh, you know, obviously, uh, having success at that, it, it, uh, um, made it interesting. Um, actually my first, uh, dip into the stock market, I bought, um, 3DFX, I believe the company whose name was, but they, they were a competitor with NVIDIA back in the day. 
and uh, you might not remember them because they 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 went bust. Nvidia beat them in a big uh, uh, chip war, and uh, so I believe my my grandmother had given me like five hundred dollars or something as as some type of a uh, payment one time. She told us to invest that she had some money and, and gave me and my uh, two brothers five hundred bucks, and I I bought three FX stock, and it it uh it went to zero. <laughs> Wow. (laughs) You got a really early lesson. That's great. Thanks, Grandma. Yeah. Life lessons. (laughs) Luckily, it was only $500. Right. But uh, yeah, that was was getting to see both the boom and the bust. Mm -hmm. Um, And and we both, we were both the same class. So our our high school was 97 to 2001. And and that was definitely that, that, that dot com. I'm I'm guessing that fuel cell was maybe 99, uh, 2000. And and three uh, FX might have been 2000 2001, right when you know a lot of companies were um, starting to create or the whole Pest.com thing and whatnot. So yeah. got to see both sides of that coin and uh, sort of got interested in that. And then I, I'd say honestly, I got more interested in um, really when I found out how powerful money is, and, and really through this crisis, um, it's been even more evident to me that. Um, you know, I've said for a long time, you know, everyone thinks, you know, there's unifications of people, you know, there's race, there's religion, there's um, nationality. But uh, it, personally, I feel like the, the number one unifying thing globally between most human beings is the Federal Reserve note, the, the U.S. dollar, um, because we think in those terms, you know, our labor's in those terms. You know, you, when you go, you can negotiate a salary or your minimum wage or your hourly or your whatever. Your your pensions measured in dollars. Our stocks are measured in dollars. You know, what the, the how much a, a dollar can buy in eggs and bread. We think in those terms. You know, how much is a gallon of gas in dollars? Um, and uh, by proxy, because we're on a fiat based fiat based system at this point, most other currencies in the world are tied to the U.S. dollar. Mm-hmm. So they might think in Thai bot terms or Japanese yen terms or mm-hmm. Chinese yuan terms. But really, when you look at what's going on behind the scenes, it's really all in dollar terms and all of their governments. And so they don't have to think about it at an individual level, but we are all using that, that same metric, essentially. And their governments definitely have to worry about that. Um, and we'll maybe get to that in a second. But um, Because it's, it's the World Reserve currency? Because it's the petrodollar, it's the world reserve currency. I mean, is that why everyone else's currencies are, in a way, tied to our dollar? Is through um, the it being the petrodollar? And can you explain yes. that yeah. a little bit? I don't know if we're getting too yeah, off track. Sure. So, so the interesting thing is, that, you know, everyone is concerned about the stock market. The stock market's really small compared to the larger market. The largest market is the, the FX market, so the, the foreign exchange market. And that is really the currency pairs themselves. So, you know, the, the dollar versus the euro or the dollar yen or, um, you know, um, the Swiss franc and where that's at. And um, to your point, that so now that we went away from a gold-backed dollar and it's sort of a floating exchange, well, there has been this implicit um, backing to the dollar, and that is oil. And really what, what Kissinger and, and big new Brzezinski and a couple others basically um, sort of brokered some of those deals with Saudi Arabia, who's been our partner for a long time at this point, um, 
we have a deal with them that they will only trade oil in dollars globally. Right. And so all other countries have to somehow get dollars. Now, if you remember, we can print dollars. They cannot. So they are very much concerned about the stability of their currencies because that is the stability of their ability to buy oil and energy. And, and as we all know, oil um, is what fuels the global economy right now. Now, obviously, that's shifting with technology changes, but by, by and large, right now, um, uh, oil is what drives uh, the global economy, whether it's you know, your cars, whether it's factories, whether it's um, you know, the, the electricity that's coming through your house, whether it's the, the uh, farmers themselves um, you know, in, the, in the food production supply, that, that cost of energy um, so oil, natural gas is really a, a major factor into that and, and natural gas for heating people's homes in the winter. Um, yeah. you know, we used to do a lot of coal, we used to do a lot of other energy, but right now it's mostly oil. And so everyone has to keep their currency relatively strong because they know that they're going to need dollars, um, and, and to, to purchase this on the global market. Um, and so that sort of dovetails a little bit into what now I'm starting to actually read and understand about, which is the euro dollar. And, and that's really more of a, a wonky term, but it, essentially um, it, it just really means dollars that are not within the United States, but dollars globally that are traded um, because all of these other um, countries keep dollars in their central banks and keep United States treasuries in their central banks um, and then give their citizens their, the, the, the dollar, uh, sorry, their local currencies. Um, but at the end of the day for global trade, they're swapping that out for dollars. Hmm. Interesting. So on our side, uh, in the U.S., the process of how a dollar is created and and how the Treasury and the Federal Reserve and all these institutions, um, how they all sort of work together to get that final dollar hot off the printing press. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh... So, like I said, so it's a debt-based system, right? So, um, and the interesting thing is that this is all starting to change right before our eyes. Um, you know, with the Fed, uh, really over the past 10 years since the global financial crisis, um, doing their quantitative easing or quantitative tightening, um, they, they do a lot of exchange rate uh, manipulation, essentially, to, to get that into the... Uh, to sort of affect the economy. And really what that is, is the cost of borrowing money. Um, and so when I say it's a debt-based system, all of our dollars uh, theoretically net out to zero. So the dollar liabilities and the dollar assets. So every dollar that's created was created out of debt. Someone took a loan out or a mortgage of a house or really what the United States Treasury does is they take, uh, they sell uh, treasury bonds and, and they, they, um, also, uh, the, the Fed, Federal Reserve gets those, and the Federal Reserve sort of gets, they give a check to the Federal Reserve, and the Federal Reserve prints cash and gives it to the government to, to sort of disseminate out. Um, so there's a lot of different avenues, though, because um, all banks themselves actually print money. A lot of people think that it's just the Federal Reserve or just the Treasury that's printing money, but really all, all the banks are printing money, too. And they're doing that by creating loans. So, so, for instance, they have reserves, which is your savings in the bank or, um, you know, some other reserves that they have like treasuries or um, corporate, corporate bonds. 
But when you go get a mortgage, they actually freshly create that money as a ledger in their balance sheet. Now, that wasn't there. They don't necessarily, because we're on a fractional reserve lending uh, banking system, that they only have to keep a certain amount of reserves. And I, I think this might change recently, but, but really what the crazy thing is, is um, for the first $10 million, they have to keep 10% in reserves. And then from $10 million to $50 million, they have to keep 3% in reserves. So for basically the first $50 million of money they create, they, uh, they, it's about 2.7% uh, is the reserve in the bank. And that's the Federal Reserve requires banks to, to do that, um, to stay solvent, essentially. From that point on, the reserve requirement is, actually, I'll, I'll, I'll let you guess. Do you know what it is? I couldn't even begin. It's a Zero. small fraction. Zero percent. Oh, wow. Zero percent. So okay. from 50 million to infinite, now, there's no reserve requirement. So, and so the reason why that's toxic, that's a, a system that isn't working or, um, you know, is that something that we can continue to do? And as we're kind of racking up this debt, where does it go? I mean... Where do these, as they yeah. grow and grow and grow, I mean, infinite growth isn't really possible. Um, at some point, the theory is that it's got uh, it, to come possible, down. It's possible, theoretically, on, as a number. <laughs> yeah. Right? You can, especially now that we're going to digital dollars, so that most of the currency is not even actually printed. Right? right. Um, I think it's somewhere, it's around $3 trillion is actually in um, physical cash or, or maybe that's even in savings. And I could be wrong. It could be 30 trillion, but, um, it's a significant fraction of, or it's a, it's a really small fraction of the actual money they print. Most of it's digital dollars. Just, it, it's literally a ledger at the bank, right? Which used to be pen and paper, but now it's just in a computer somewhere. So theoretically they could just print infinite amounts of dollars. Right. You know, there's no, there's no limit to how it I, I, you know, how big of a number you can do. And why but is that bad point, for us? Right, why is that bad for us, I guess? <laughs> all the dollars are debt. Yeah. And debt's not sustainable. Right. And when I said earlier, all the assets and liabilities should even out, they don't actually because there's interest on top of that. So technically, it's, it's a negative. It's almost like a sucking thing. So they're sucking wealth away from all of us by using these currencies. Okay. Um, and really, that's their tool. Their tool that they use is these exchange rates and... And, you know, what they did recently, um, obviously the rates have been going down and down and down. Um, And since the global financial crisis, they took them down pretty low. And then really 2018, we started raising rates. Oh, everything's fixed. Everything's fixed. We started raising rates, raising rates. Well, shit hit the fan again. And as of uh, February or early March, we're down to zero to 0.25% at the Fed's fund rate. So essentially, it costs you nothing to borrow money. Right. Um, and really, their hope is that people do borrow money because they want to stimulate the economy, mm-hmm. um, you know, get money out there and have people buy things because, you know, when someone is buying a good from someone else, it's putting them to work and thus that they need inputs to their goods and it puts them to work and puts them to work. And, and that's sort of how the, uh, the hamster wheel. Rolls. So when there's debt, <laughs> when there's debt, there's more money in the system, right? 
So if you're yeah, well, the more and loans there are, we're about our national debt. Mm-hmm. National debt's at like what twenty four trillion dollars now. I mean, whoa, every time I look whoa, now, it's what? just it grows more. Expecting to be at thirty trillion by next year. Um, how do you even how wrap your head stimulus. around thirty trillion dollars? I mean, to me, uh, man, my it, my primate brain just can't even. You know, I don't. I have no reference so of what a that is. Different ways. <laughs> One of the ones that uh, I always liked was, um, so if you um, were given a million dollars a day, every day since the time of Jesus, you still wouldn't have had a trillion dollars. Wow. That's just one trillion. Right? It, it's, it was, it's a couple hundreds of billions, essentially, what it comes out to. Jeez. But now think about it. What could you do with a million dollars every day to spend? You could do so much, you know, good for the world. You could, you, you could feed a lot of people, right? We have yeah. a lot of you know, homeless. We've got a lot of food issues. Yeah. And, and we're about $24 trillion. Right. It, and, it, it really is, like you said. It, 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 and I think that's why they get away with it, too, because it, yeah. it's, it's fantasy. It's just a made-up number. And who knows where that money's going? We don't know. I mean, there's, you know, all sorts of black budgets and hidden costs that, I mean, taxpayers, we have no idea where the money's going. You know, there's some things that are public. And that's the the books. Right, exactly. This this is the on books. The black budgets is what concerns me. Yeah. Well, then another thing is, is that they're never going to pay off the debt. They can't pay off the debt because, as we established earlier, the debt creates the money. Right. So we need the debt because that's how the money gets into the system. We're not going to ever pay off the national debt, not yeah. not under the current monetary system. Um, but it gets even crazier when when you look into the banking system and their derivatives. And I started digging into a lot of this stuff in the financial crisis. Um, how they, like I was saying, so the banks print money. Well, they also create these things called derivatives, which is essentially it's a, you know, to to make a very complex thing simple, a, a derivative is something that derives its value from an underlying thing. So um, a derivative could be um, uh, insurance on your house or a derivative could be insurance on bonds, so to speak, which a lot of it is. But these derivative liabilities are in the hundreds of trillions. And, and I actually have seen some estimates that it's thousands of trillions. Hmm. So globally in the financial system right now. So for instance, um, I was just reading a report today, Deutsche Bank, who's in really bad shape, they look like, that's, you know, that's big take down the Euro system. Um, but they're, they're trying to create that bad bank. Um, it, it, it's the largest bank in Germany, basically Deutsche Bank. Yeah, they've been they have doing their, a lot of shady things throughout the years as well, from what I remember. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Lots of yeah. money laundering oh, they, schemes. And, they're not as bad as HSBC. But, oh, yeah, Deutsche Bank is, they had their you know fingers in every different pie and realized that they didn't know what was HSBC going on. HSBC is the one I was thinking of, maybe. HSBC has been yeah, involved in a... Been that for a second. But, uh, no, Deutsche Bank, so they have... So it comes down to like their net liabilities on their balance sheet right now is about $1.8 billion. But what if you look, dig through the numbers underlying the derivatives that net to $1.8 trillion, 
is actually $36 trillion of derivatives. What? So it's, you know, it's like, let's say 16 trillion and 16 trillion on both sides, but they net to only $1.8 billion. But, but what we found out during the global financial crisis is things don't unwind naturally, especially in a crisis, right? You know, all these books and what happened, why, why AIG blew up um, during that whole fiasco with their, uh, when Lehman Brothers went bust is because they had sold all these derivatives. In, in their case, it was credit default swaps into the tune of, I, I believe, the trillions. It, it, it was at least, well, maybe they were, it was a, what, $300 billion bailout, I think. And it doesn't net to zero because the problem is, is you can say, well, he owes me 100 and I owe him 100, so that's zero. But he owes me 100 and if he can't pay me, well, now I can't pay him, right? So, it, you know, it only nets to zero in a very graceful functioning economy. But when you build up something so big like that, where the derivatives on the, the underlying $1.8 billion is like 36,000 times more, is it, it doesn't unwind gracefully. And, and that's where the issues come into play. Right. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's so the Fed, you know, people talking about you know, a Fed bubble and sort of what is the, the Federal Reserve? What's their role in, in kind of where? Yeah, so the, really the role is to goose the economy, it looks like at this point. And I think they're going to be buying stocks here soon. Um, they've essentially now said that they're going to buy everything down to even junk bonds. Uh, that was announced here in March uh, to sort of bail out everybody. Also, the ECB, which is the European Central Bank, just today, uh, announced that they are going to be buying junk bonds as well. Um, and that's important. And the reason they did that today is because every, all the debt is being downgraded and specifically Italy. And so um, what it looks like is that on Friday, Italy will be downgraded to junk status. Um, and at that point, um, in all of their charters, basically all these, you know, when you deal on these numbers and these things, and then this is why I like really geek out about it, and, and in most people's eyes just glaze over, is because you, these are like the, the sovereign wealth funds. These are the the Illinois teacher pension funds. Right. These are the the Pimcos and the police, um, very police, big bond police funds officers and, the hedge funds. and you know exactly all those. And, and so they're the ones that they're yeah. the billionaires. They're the ones making decisions. They're the ones you know funding people. They're the ones greenlighting projects. They're really who you have to go to to do anything in this world right now to get funding. You know, you can save on your own and you can get it, but in a debt-based society, if someone takes your idea, they can just go take out a loan for, you know, $100 million, and now all of a sudden they can buy the, the factory, they can get all the employees, and they can just take your idea and run with it. Yeah. Whereas if you just tried to with your, your own blood, sweat, and tears, and you maybe borrowed someone that actually had savings, and, and you can only do it on a small scale, uh, again, because we're in a debt-based system. Right. So really, debt is the name for corporations to, to scale up. Um, but, but yeah, so when you talk at that level, um, that's why they're all needing bailouts. But uh, really, to sort of go back into this, this system, what we're seeing right now with the ECB and the Fed and everyone buying all these bonds is because um, they have to, because everyone's a net seller, because everyone's trying to raise cash right now, and because the global economy is shut down. Yeah. And, and everyone needs to pay off their debts. And sure, you know, on the individual scale, the, the governments are saying, um, 
you know, we'll, we'll let you not pay your mortgage for a bit, or maybe you don't have to pay your credit card for a bit. And there's, there's possibly going to be some forgiveness at the local consumer level. But really, when you're talking about major corporations and you're talking about governments, then it's really tough to, to, to say, yeah, you know, you that, that billion dollar bond payment you have to do next week. Let's just, let's just punt that to next year or something. Um, so there's been a massive scramble for cash that in, in all the markets tanked, right? So people are trying to sell stocks and they have to raise cash because they're all on margins too. So they're all, you know, everyone's borrowing, right? So they don't actually own what they say they own. All of their assets are sort of fake and fraudulent. And at the end of the day, what everyone needed to pay off their debts quickly because all the margin accounts and all the loans were being recalled was dollars. And what we were talking about before, there's only $3 trillion of dollars in circulation but there was about $90 trillion of dollars that were recalled during this crisis in March. And right. so at that point, $90 trillion is scrambling to secure that $3 trillion, right? So it doesn't happen. And that's why the US dollar is getting um, is going up higher and all the global currencies are going down because they're tanking their currencies to, to and honestly, we've been in a currency war for a bit, but right now in this current crisis, um, the, the dollar is popping because everyone, there's a mad scramble for dollars to pay off their debts because all the debts, even in Europe and in Asia and China, all their debts are dollar denominated, which is interesting. So they're not denominated in yen. They're not denominated in yuan um, or euros or Swiss franc. Now, some of them are, but there's a lot of debts that are denominated in dollars and they can't print them. So it gets we're, really hairy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so we're kind of getting into our current situation. Um, and, you know, sure. with the COVID-19 shutdowns, um, the CARES Act, and, you know, just some things that uh, aren't exactly super clear to me that are some red flags, especially um, some of these large corporations getting extreme amounts of money, but then small businesses yeah. are really struggling to get that money to keep their employees on payroll and, you know, restaurants and yeah. medium sized small businesses, you know, uh, you know, our buddy, that's a brewery owner and just, uh, you know, obviously the government I've known for a while now that you really can't rely on them when you're in a bad situation, whether it be a hurricane or, um, you know, some sort of crisis. And so for me, it's, obviously probably wasn't it was written probably before all of this happened i mean it's a, a over a thousand pages sure. correct so it feels like they uh, was, for me it had this ready to it was go in january yeah okay so yeah so was, so yes yeah, 335 pages a lot of it obviously was piecemeal written before as they always do you know there's a lot of these that are sort of waiting for crises. There's a couple of them, uh, parts like the healthcare stuff was already, you know, in the works. There's a lot of different stuff that they cobble together. But it, it, what, what is the uh, phrase? Uh, never let a good crisis go to waste. Yep. Uh, so there's, you know, the politicians, that's their job. And lobbyists, that's their job, is to have these ready and waiting for the sure. right moment. Um, you know, stuff that's unpalatable in normal times all of a sudden can get rammed through very quickly. So what's in there? Um, what are they trying to ram through? Too. Well, so 
what was interesting too is they did sort of the same thing as during the financial crisis um, with the uh, the TARP, the Toxic Asset yes. Relief Program, yeah. where it didn't pass right away, and the stock market tanked. And I don't know if you remember that. I distinctly remember it went down like eight hundred points, which now looks like small jump change compared to what we've been swinging this past month. But back in two thousand eight, that was ma- massive. But they they. Um, they didn't pass it right away, and the stock market tanked and threw a tantrum, and then they ended up passing it. I don't remember if it was the next week or three days later. Uh, similarly here, what was interesting to me is when I looked into the CARES Act, it was actually started, proposed in January. So they they knew in January that a lot of this stuff um, was coming down the pipe, and you know, really, the, I'd say the public was mostly quiet. A large majority of the public was really unaware until mid-February. We were talking about it. Um, and, and obviously, I remember during the Super Bowl, you know, I was mentioning it to people like this is coming down the pipe that, you know, I was hyper aware in January, actually, that this coronavirus was a, a big thing. I remember seeing the, the videos of Wuhan getting shut down. I mean, right. they, I don't know if you saw any of those. They took massive boulders and literally like sealed the city up. And I was like, yeah. whoa. Yeah, it that's was extreme. wild. Something's going on. Yeah, it's <laughs> you know it's they wild. they were welding people in things, which is insane. They oh, we're not doing that here yet, <laughs> but uh, um, yes. So this bills, you know, they're all Frankenstein's, right? Uh, Frankenstein's monster, so to speak. They they're hobbled together from all these uh, places left and right, and they're they're a wish list of people. Um, you know, famously the what twenty million dollars that that Kennedy Center got that they put into this. And again, I love how people say it's it's a it's a two trillion dollar you know, stimulus bill or whatever, uh, relief bill, this CARES Act. Right. When it was 2.2, that point two, whatever, it's just $200 billion, you know, whatever. Right. Um, so, so a part of this, um, so there's surveillance systems in it, which obviously we know they've been in the works, but there are a lot of healthcare surveillance systems, which I've been finding really interesting is that, you know, sure. They, those can be used for good, but they can be used for a lot of other things besides healthcare. Um, the, uh, $500 million was for a nation of, of this was for a nationwide health surveillance system. Um, and, um, 450 billion of it around that much was actually, um, the treasury honing up money for the fed. So 450 billion of it goes to the fed to create a new lending facility that is the reserve. And again, how we talked about reserves earlier. Now the Fed of this 450 billion, again, which is of the 2.2 trillion. Now the Fed of that 450 billion can do their ratio and create about another four trillion dollars on top of it. So what we don't realize, what most people don't realize, is that we call it 2.2 trillion, but it will, at the end of the day, depending on how the Fed doles out that money, it'll probably be about six trillion dollars. Um, and then, like you mentioned, the 350 billion was for the small business loans for small business companies. Mm-hmm. And so that, that 350 billion, that facility was opened on Friday and by Wednesday sold out. Yeah. <laughs> by Wednesday. Yeah. All that money just and, boom, and gone. There wasn't gone. nearly enough people yeah. um, that got a chance to even take a whiff at that money, which, you know, is a, sh- yeah. And so go into that a little bit. Cause I thought that was interesting. So I, about looking into it and uh what i found initially and i think they're starting to change some of this now but and and we don't need 
the business now. It's just me and my two partners. So, mm-hmm. you know, we, we don't have too big of a payroll and we're, we're doing decently well. Um, and actually I've, I'm, I'm keeping me, keeping my uh, current contract, which is great. So, um, we didn't have to shut down since we're remote workers. We're blessed in that regard. Right. But, right. Uh, a lot of the, the 350 billion went to considerably large corporations. You know, I know Shake Shack got, yeah, um, I saw that black eye by this. They got $10 million. And I think they're giving it back. Yeah. Um, and then Harvard, which they have a $45 billion endowment fund. Right? Uh, so, you know, the letter of the law, they qualified as small businesses, but it rubbed people the wrong way big time. And obviously they have the lobbyists to be able to get there in line. The other thing was that in order to qualify, and at least in this initial portion, I think they're starting to change some of this, but you had to have a pre-existing loan with your bank. Right. So a lot of it, it was through the banks. So the treasury is giving the money directly to the banks, essentially. Uh, it, and uh, you had to already have a pre-existing loan from February 14th or before. Hmm. So it's only, the only companies that are eligible are companies that already had been taking out debt. Yep. Um, and so my, my company actually wasn't even eligible for, uh, for that first round at least. And like I said, I think they're, they're changing some of this, but initially it was that you had to already have essentially, um, your loan established with your bank in order to be eligible for the, well, it turns into a grant. It's, it's a loan essentially, but if you use it for payroll, yep. Uh, I think there's a couple of things, payroll and um, rent, and I think something else. Um, it essentially is forgiven. So it's, it's technically a grant. But yeah, that there's, you know, and I'm sure there's a lot of other stuff that's in this act that we don't even know about yet. Because again, you're right. It was bill 335 pages. That's okay. Am I thinking of the Patriot Act that was like over like a thousand? Or am I thinking of something different? I heard some big numbers Patriot for the. Pretty long to the. Um, um, Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act, okay. was like two thousand yeah, yeah. pages. That's I was mixing uh, those up, and that had a lot of surveillance stuff too. That, yeah. that established a lot of the health records, um, so where they yeah. can take and, and federally get your health records. Um, there was a lot of other weird things in the ACA um, regarding just even um, ten ninety nine employees and ten ninety nine forms of you know what is a contract, and that brought the limits down to I think six hundred dollars. Which right. you know you couldn't even buy a gold coin at the point without having to to um, you know felt some forms and, and, and certain certain issues. Patriot yeah. Act was similar, so just like the CARES Act, obviously it had been in the works, right? So I, I always find it it cracks me up. It's actually the USA Patriot Act. Mm-hmm. And it stands for uniting and strengthening America <laughs> by providing appropriate tools required to intercept and obstruct terrorism. Act of 2001. That's so USA Patriot Act. I always find that they're they're just so creative. I love the names. Yeah, the names are just great. Because <laughs> right? hey, hey, don't Fighting worry. There's nothing tools. to see here. We're keeping you safe. Just hand over some of your freedoms oh. and liberties. You're going to be nice and safe. Right. Don't worry. You're a good Patriot yep. Act. If you're you're not a patriot, yeah, I think you don't that believe in this Military act. funding bills came after that, <laughs> which is the indefinite. So they can indefinitely yes, detain. That's and um, NBA section ten thirty two or section ten thirty five. Yeah, they, they were the, like grants of roving surveillance authority under the FISA. So they created those FISA courts, which obviously we're finding yes. out now during this whole oh, the Trump yeah. impeachment that 
like the the data that the FBI is providing for their FISA warrants was all bogus, and they knew yeah. it was bogus. Yeah, regardless of political spectrum on that side, right. like that is scary. Mm-hmm. That the FISA court are just rubber stamping these warrants, and right. you know, and I believe some of the FISA judges knew that the data was just totally bogus. But regardless, right. the FBI is just flat out lying to them and getting the warrant, so they're getting whatever they want. And the FISA you know, courts so are that, really that, just a legal way for them to spy on people, to do wiretaps, yes, and essentially, it's supposed well, to be they, used to for, make it for foreign intelligence agents uh, uh for foreign entities correct i mean that's why it was created and then uh, theoretically uh, but obviously that is you know one our communication is so digital now that y- this skype call might be going through canada yeah right who knows and at that point now this is a foreign call right and and all under that you right. know we're between two u.s citizens in america you don't necessarily know, or if I was using a VPN, I could send my traffic yeah. elsewhere. Yeah. Um, so you don't know. And the other thing is, you don't necessarily know that your your call is That's going to be That's interesting. I never thought about it that way. Yeah. Um, so it also permits the seizure of voicemail messages under a warrant. It mm. just added a bunch of different stuff. Uh, made yeah. it lawful to intercept a wire or electronic communication of a computer trespasser in certain circumstances. Um. And there's just a bunch of money laundering stuff in that. But yeah. the interesting thing is, that, like you're saying, that that law. So first of all, it was it was proposed and passed in three days. Hmm. Interesting. In three days. I think that would be something you want to chew on. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's the full debate on the bill. That's everything about it. It was unanimous. We were going to go get those terrorists, and we're going to give all our freedoms just to get those terrorists. Um, but obviously, you know, like you said, that it wasn't written in those three days. They already had it waiting in the wings. Right. And again, you know, what, what your, your take on nine 11 is, um, they, they did let no, no, uh, crisis go to waste in, in that case too. And so that actually, there's a lot of stuff that, that goes back to the omnibus counterterrorism act of 95. That was after the, uh, um, I believe that was Oklahoma City um, bombing, but so the Patriot Act really goes back to that bill, and and who proposed that bill? Uh, Senator Joe Biden, right? And who who supported it on the the House side? Representative Chuck Schumer. So these same actors are are you know they're they're embedded in there, and you know and they, there's no way Joe Biden wrote it. Someone gave it to him, right? Yeah. <laughs> but. Uh, you know, they, they, they knew that he wasn't going to bat an eye and he's going to, you know, put that bill in there and, and keep keep it uh, waiting in the wings for, for the right moment. Wow. And <laughs> so you have the Patriot Act that was, you know, George W. Bush. And then Obama pushed through in 2012 the NDAA Section 1021. Or National Defense Authorization Act. Yeah, so that one. And, and had, that might be the indefinite. Yeah, so that's kind of what I was 
kind of trying to segue into some of the surveillance technology and um, some of these yeah. things that are happening in China and Singapore and sort of the narrative that, hey, look how well Singapore is doing. They put in all these surveillance technologies and they don't have many cases of COVID-19. Their deaths are low. Um, they're using drone technologies yeah. and uh, that are outfitted with thermometers. Um, I don't know how much of those reports, how accurate those are. Um, it's, A lot of those thermometers even now report directly in. Yeah. So... <laughs> You can see like a global map of everything. Right. So NDAA um, yeah, section ten twenty one and the section NDAA. Sorry. It's a military funding bill too. So you couldn't vote against it because otherwise you were anti military and oh you didn't want to support the troops. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but that was pretty much they could pick up a US citizen without providing essentially you didn't have the right to get a lawyer, correct? Some so of that stuff I, I think was it was there. foreign if, people. Okay. Um, but yeah, essentially they held them in Gitmo for without a, without trial, and they they basically um, you would get essentially a military tribunal, I believe. Um, but there was no set date, um, and and it could be uh, I, I might be mistaken. There could be U.S. citizens possible if, if they were involved in in uh, foreign terrorism somehow. Right. Um, so you might be right. Because well, I think that. that's how they went after uh, one of the guys from Al Qaeda that was actually a U.S. citizen, um, the blind sheik. Yeah, you, I so I think they used utilized that to be able to go after because he was a U.S. citizen. Uh, he wasn't killed in the U.S., yeah. and so yeah. you know, this executive order kind of allowed that. So you mm-hmm. know, when these big. Uh, executive orders get pushed through uh spidey senses kind of go up a little bit you know everyone's in fear everyone's concerned about COVID 19 and the spread of this disease yeah so you know there's so many people saying a lot of crazy things some who knows what's what really happened with how this virus was released um, you know, whether it was yeah. a bat through these wet markets or whether it was accidentally released from a laboratory, um, the, yeah. you know, the doctor. Th- and that doesn't, we might never know. We, yeah, it's, the, and, it's not the point is, you know, it, the fact is, is that what's being done after the, uh, you know, after the situation and how things are changing from this event, um, you know, we were talking about a, a little bit earlier. At this point, it doesn't really matter where it came from. It's what are they going to do in regards to changing um, our way of life moving forward and how we have to be pretty responsible in um, educating ourselves on a lot of these things that we're talking about here. And, and so we, yeah. we can go into some of this surveillance things, which kind of freaked me out a little bit. Um, you were talking about the other day, um, I guess the surveillance things that are in the CARES Act that, uh, make you a little bit nervous. Healthcare bent. Okay. Uh, you know, and, and they have a lot of other pieces in place too, but, um, and that's what I find interesting is that, you know, I, I believe Fauci and I believe uh, Dr. Burks sure. are, are are genuine in their desire to have 
it, well, and whatever the guy that runs the uh, CDC, he's yeah. an interesting character too. I can't, I can't think of his name, but um, the big jovial guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I think they're they are uh, they do actually want this data to maybe combat disease, and they feel like you know if we had this data and we had these real time monitors and we had all these systems in place, yeah. and we could see the disease spread and we could get there and we can action right away and we could save lives and blah blah blah. And sure, and that's the thing about all this technology and all this, really, the surveillance technology is, what are we doing right now? We're, I'm in North Carolina, you're in Ohio, and we're we're web chatting over the internet with our, you know, 1080p, you know, cameras and, and, and microphones. And, and so it's it's used for many different things, used for good. Um, and sure, you could maybe save a nursing home or two or something if, you know, you had those, what, what are they talking about? I forget what they call them, but... Um, like a, basically a health surveillance um, um, monitor system or something. It was funny. They were talking when they said they're going to put them in place. They said they're going to put them in place for the elderly, the poor, the minorities, and Native Americans. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, let's just suppress the Native American <laughs> population just a little bit more. Right. They haven't gotten enough and shit. I- Let's just pour it on. They have Why issues, not? Right. Dude, All of them. Come on. Yeah. You know that. I don't know, but I, I found that very <laughs> interesting. That was on Dr. Burks's like PowerPoint presentation too, like those four categories. And I'm like, that's ridiculous, right? <laughs> like, I, I and she might really believe that she's trying to save them. But the thing is, is that you use it for that, it doesn't go away. And what do you right. use it for in the future? Well, that's the thing. You know, is, are you going to be able to get back these liberties, these civil liberties, these, you yeah. know, when you, when you yeah. set up a surveillance grid, you have to give over your, prote- uh, your privacy. You just, I mean, that's a part of the deal. So once it's taken, know how do you get it back? They'll never give the power back. Okay. So they never will give the power back without a fight. That's the danger. That's the danger then is, yep. Hey, this is only for the time being. Well, okay, we hand it over, and the COVID-19, the virus goes away. The surveillance doesn't go away. You know, those systems are now in place. They're implemented into our all of our fabric of of society at that point. And how do you remove that? You say it's for healthcare, but it can be used for so many other things. Exactly the same thing in, in the Patriot Act that we're using it for terrorism and it's only metadata that we're collecting from all these cell phones, but it's been proven time and time again that even though the metadata is anonymous. Oh, Snowden blew that, that it, wide open. Snowden blew that wide open, oh, that it wasn't I, just metadata. Yeah. Cause that's what they, they yes. Oh, don't worry. It's just metadata. And then Snowden's like, well, uh-uh. it is, but you can tie it to other database and other data and right. build a bigger picture. Sure. And then you can de-anonymize the, the anonymous data essentially. Right. Um, and that's happening all over the place. So it's not just the governments, it's the, the private companies. Like, you know, so, so China is the model in, in a lot of respects, but that, with Facebook and, and the whole um, uh, Cambridge Analytics or whatever the company is called, where they basically, you know, they were using those online polls and online games that everyone does to, you know, what, what color shirt are you or what, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then they get your data. And also, like anyone that does any of those Facebook quizzes, like they essentially in the the terms, you're just agreeing to give them all your friends, all your connections, all your networks in that regard, and all the data essentially. Um, but China is the model, and the thing is about China, and 
you know, like we were talking about earlier. So they were during this coronavirus. They literally welded people into apartment buildings. Oh, my God. They, they welded the doors shut. You could not leave the building physically. And so that's how Orwellian they are in certain regards. But they, like, if you see what they're showing you in this social credit score system that they're doing now, so they're tracking everything. they got cameras everywhere. They were tracking people's heat, right? So yeah. just with the cameras doing the infrared heat scanning, as well as anyone that's, you know, they're filtering through you can't get on the trains, you can't, you can't go. And even before the coronavirus, this social credit score that they're, on, they're doing, it, like it, it basically if you talk bad about the government, if you, you know, are, are in debt, if you're not paying your bills, if you're, you know, in certain regards, you know, maybe you, maybe you slept in, maybe you were lazy for a month, maybe this, you know, who knows what people's responsibilities are. Or think about like artists and stuff like that, you know, some of their lifestyles, you know, like I'm sure, you know, um, I mean, say not Picasso, but the, would the guy do the melting clocks? I'm sure his lifestyle, you know, wouldn't have scored high on China's social credit score ranking system as a good citizen. Salvador Dali. There's some Dali. Thank you. Salvador. There's Dali. just some beautiful <laughs> artwork that's priceless that comes out of that. So, yeah. so how he's going to have a pretty a low Salvador Dali is going to have a pretty low social credit score. A dude like yeah, that right. isn't going to be doing well in that system. <laughs> Uh, he's, you know, he's doing drugs. He's lazy. Yeah. He's not going to work. He's not paying his bills. He's just <laughs> he, he's defacing buildings, big murals on buildings. <laughs> it's just a whole nother right? system so of of control in a way. <laughs> well, right, and it's not necessarily for the best. Like who who could argue that you know if we suppress Dali, the world would be at a better place? I, I would hate to be the person that tries to argue that. I mean. I'm sure there are people that think that, but I personally don't. I think, you know, he's, he's added, you know, beauty to my life. Yeah. But the thing about the Chinese thing is that it's the U S tech companies that are building this tech for them. Right. So sure. It's, it's, uh, uh, some of the Chinese companies too, but a lot of it Google. is coming out of the U S tech companies. So Google's been Google, over there Facebook, for... Apple, yeah. and a lot of it's coming out of technology that they're stealing from the tech companies. Mm-hmm. And how are they how are they stealing it? Well, they're the ones producing all of these tech goods. So when when Apple comes up with a new design, they they give the blueprints right to China. Say, yeah. here you go, build these. And so they 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 quickly were able to ramp up on a lot of that. But there's a lot of surveillance. I mean, there's underneath the scenes, and and there's much wider scope than this. But there's just constant cyber warfare going on too, and they're trying to steal data. I remember actually during the uh, 2000 election, the the whole Bush Gore thing. Everyone focuses on Florida and the hanging chads. Yeah. But Ohio, just as big of an issue. Yeah. That really wasn't talked about on a national scale. It went to our Supreme Court. So the exit polling data in the Ohio election in 2000 in the Bush Gore was so drastically off, and people saw similar things in in the the last election with the Trump and, and Hillary too. Um. Uh, not saying that the polling data is always accurate either, too, so we don't know. But it, it went to the Supreme Court of the, the state of Ohio, and in that, the guy testified that he was paid, he was a contractor for a, a company in Florida that, that produced the voting machines in some districts of Ohio. And he testified under oath the Ohio Supreme Court that he um, wrote, was instructed to and wrote a program that would flip the vote 51-49 for whatever way you want it to go. 
Right. And that was in the voting machine. Like, and that, that's the other thing about the voting machines and all the surveillance or whatnot. Why isn't it open source? Why can't we see what the code is? Why is it proprietary? Yeah, exactly. Well, he said that real quick. So he said the, the reason that they're so they're like, well, so he was a whistleblower basically. Well, why didn't they do anything with it? And he's like, well, there's bigger fish to fry because his boss was a Chinese national and was steal, it was stole like 20 gigs of Nassau data and was sending that back to China. So they're like, ah, we don't care about this 5149 vote flip program. We, we're we more concerned about this Chinese national that just took all of NASA's data here. Wow. <laughs> right? That's nuts. I mean, that just, that that just broke my brain. I found it last year, but we'll have to go dig that up and put links for people because, yeah. I mean, that's still... Uh, the videos surprisingly, you can still find that. What was it called? Testimony. What was the video called? If somebody wants to Google it or uh, in YouTube, right? Um, I'll look it up. It was, I remember it was, it was hard to find, but it basically the Ohio Supreme Court, the 2000 election, okay. um, um, testimony, the whistleblower testimony. Yeah, man, but yeah, the U.S. tech companies are the ones that are building this tech for China, and it's just going to be turned around and used here. Because again, they're they're for-profit companies. They're gonna have to sell it once you know they build all this tech. They're gonna want to sell it to someone. Yeah, I mean, when you hear people, Alex Jones has been screaming this for like twenty years. China's the model. China's the model. You know, and the closer we get to, you know, we get settled into this situation. Um, right now, you're hearing a lot of people pretty grounded individuals that are saying the same thing. You know, China's kind of the model for this surveillance system. And they were uh, able to lock down. Yeah. And you have people like Eric Schmidt and, you know, some of these think tanks that are basically saying um, that if we don't adopt these, that we're going to be left behind in a lot of ways. You know, they yeah. can control so many facets of their society and, um, if we don't adopt that, that we're just going to get left in the dust and we're not going to be able to compete. So that was a little bit scary. I think there was a Freedom of Information Act um, request that came out like not too long ago, five, six days ago. Um, and we'll have to uh, double check what that uh, think tank was called, but I believe it was uh, a committee on artificial intelligence and Eric Schmidt and you had some guys from Microsoft and uh, all the big tech yeah, giants. He's the former CEO of Google, right? Yeah, exactly. Eric Schmidt from from Google, and um, it's uh, just you know it's interesting times, especially for so many years we've yeah. heard keep your eye on China, and right now all yeah. that is really resonating from you know many conversations that we've had over the years that you've always said really yeah. watch China's uh, economically. Um, on so many different levels and, you know, it's, um, and the fact that this virus started in China, uh, some of the Indian researchers that, um, you were telling me about, which I hadn't heard about this, some Indian researchers that had, uh, found some, some of their data that was pretty strange. You want to go into that a little bit? So what they did is that when they were breaking down the, the DNA of this virus, essentially, or it's not really DNA, it's, it's not really a living organism, it's a machine, essentially, the RNA, I think, um, the code, um, they were comparing it against, and, and, and coronavirus is, is, you know, this is not the first coronavirus. I think a lot of people, it's the first time they've heard SARS the term. is a coronavirus. But, um, there's a lot of different variations mm -hmm. that comes from 
term crown because the receptacles right. on the top look like crowns, mm -hmm. essentially. Um, but when they did a study of the 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 genetic code uh, that sort of makes these things up, um, there was um, a lot of similarities with I believe it was SARS. It might have been MERS, but I think it was SARS. But then there was a whole other section of the code that basically looked like it came from um, the the payload mechanism of HIV. So that transmission mechanism that makes HIV so dangerous and so um, brutal because it, it can quickly bind to human cells, in this case, specifically lung cells, um, which makes it essentially airborne. Um, and in, in their analysis, it was uh, two, two Indian scientists. Um, and I will say, so it was, they kind of came up with a study and no one wanted to do a peer review right away. And the, the Indian government quickly like shut it down. Hmm. Um, and this was, I think, January, too, when I was reading these reports, okay. um, which is interesting because it, it really hadn't come into the zeitgeist of this country yet or really globally. Yeah. Um, people sort of didn't care about it. And everyone was sort of fine at that point with suppressing all this information. Right. Yeah. yeah. But um, they when they did the analysis, they didn't find any other coronavirus strains that had these similar these both the, the characteristics of the, the, the deadliness of SARS, but the payload mechanism of, of HIV. And, you know, according to their analysis, um, the odds of it occurring naturally were slim to none. Mm. Right. Um, mm. You know, lightning striking a million times. <laughs> so and, uh, the, the bat so and the wet it, markets and the bat, the wet markets, um, you know, well, again, it could come from a bat market, but sure. So, Interestingly, that like a wet market, but um, that that wet market happens to also be uh, down the road. Now, I mean, when I say down the road, it's miles, maybe like twenty miles or so, but in the same city of this Wuhan biological chemical lab, which is a, a four-star level four level four chemical lab, which is the highest rating. They're they're doing chemical warfare, biological weapon research. Sure, um, and actively. <laughs> so who funds and this that? is what got zero, who zero funds edge, these? uh booted <laughs> off Twitter okay. is they reported on this. Right, right. I'm oh, sorry. No, go so, ahead. So go they ahead. reported on this. Um the doctor that was the head of this one division in this lab, his whole research was on bat coronavirus human to bat or bat to human coronavirus transmission. Like that's what he's been studying for 10 years wow, wow. <laughs> and uh, at in Wuhan and that is his own lab and they were hiring people uh, and they still had the, the open job posted on their website like in January this has all been scrubbed since then but all this information and, and like these open positions to for, for coronavirus research um, uh, doctors that they're looking for um, and he did they did a lot of work with um, I know people in the uh, 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 in Duke, basically Duke Medical Research. I think um, it might be Duke in Singapore. Uh, technically, it's out, out of North Carolina, the North Carolina um, Duke University, but they have research labs all across the world. world. Um, but and funnily enough, when you dig even further, so you know how Facebook is censoring a lot of coronavirus stuff, and they're fact checking, and and anyone that's false information, they're just scrubbing it from the internet. YouTube too. Well, one of Sure, YouTube now too. Okay, yeah, I didn't realize that. I'm sure, yeah. But well, they're like 
I don't know if they do YouTube scrubbing it or if they're just like, yeah, not changing scrubbing it, it but they're it. yeah, and then they're also putting Facebook Wikipedia was, links and or, Facebook's just outright removing it. Yeah. Um, wow. But so Facebook, one of Facebook's fact checkers is this lady who works for Duke Medical that um, worked at the Wuhan biolab facility. Hmm. No joke. Hmm. So, so Facebook's fact checker for virus wow. information worked at this Wuhan biochemical lab. Okay. Wow. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> and this has like all been con- this has all like, been confirmed. Is that a coincidence? Right. I mean, <laughs> this is all fairly confirmed. You know, there's people that oh, put your tin put your tinfoil hat on. This is, this is you know conspiracy theory. A lot of this stuff, if you you don't really have to dig too far to see some yeah. a lot of red flags um you well know. And the red flags to me are that they're removing it quickly it, it, you yeah. know if it's false information and if it's bogus and if it's not like no government cares like there's just crap on there all the time that is false they don't they don't fight it but why would they go put all their weight into removing this and discrediting these scientists and and yeah. squashing any of that early research into any of this and now now it's on Fox News and Trump's talking about this lab this past week about we're sending the intelligence officials in there and we wanted to get in there and audit this lab. So now all of a sudden, you know, it's taboo. We can't talk about it. We're scrubbing it and you guys are all kooks. And now the White House is investigating this lab. And today this, this won't get much play in America, but the Chinese are doing the same thing too. And so one of their spokesperson is a Chinese spokesperson, but uh, like a news anchor in Arabic, which I find interesting, was talking today that this was actually spread by the U.S. Mm. out of Fort Detrick. Yeah, and Fort Detrick, our bio, our our big bioweapons lab, and so a Chinese news anchor today in an Arabic show um, basically said that the coronavirus, this COVID nineteen, came from the United States military out of Fort Detrick, and that. Last year, sometime around April, and now this is the true part, they shut shut it down for like a month or so, or I don't know how long they shut it down, but they basically had some unsafe practices and, and felt like some of the stuff was leaking from Fort Detrick, and last April shut it down. So that part's true, but regardless, the, a Chinese like news personality in Arabic just today is just spreading that the U.S. government's actually the one responsible for spreading the coronavirus. And, and said that we created it. That was man-made. <laughs> Unbelievable. Right? So, so who do you believe? And where are the facts? It, it, that's what's so crazy about all this. Yeah, and th- you're just not going to get that on CNN or MSNBC or even, I don't know, if Fox News is reporting any of these things. Is, uh, my, so my buddy sent a link today. Like, it, it sort of just it made me mad, but the new fear like is that actually the coronavirus causes strokes and this is the cnn you know scathing report basically not scathing that's the word or but basically fear-mongering report yeah that um the stroke cases in this hospital in new york went from averaging two a month to five Wow. <laughs> this is the facts that CNN's reporting if you dig into the article, but it doesn't matter. The headline is coronavirus causes strokes because now they went from two strokes at this hospital to five. It, maybe it's because like 
the people were waiting in February and didn't want to go to the hospital until it became a crisis. Or maybe it's because they're all sitting around eating junk food because they're locked in their house and go sure. figure and whatnot. But then we get into the bad data too, how all these deaths, all the deaths right now are being reported as Corona deaths. Even if, if you just have any antibodies or any whatever, even if you died of a brain aneurysm, that's a Corona death. Yeah. Like this I, is all, I heard a woman, someone came out and said, yeah, my mother or father, whoever it was passed away. And, um, basically the hospital was forcing them the cause of death as coronavirus. And apparently it was like in, it was in the obituary and, and they just swear up and down that it was, you know, it was definitely not the coronavirus, but some other issue that they've had. So you've been hearing some and of those. They might have the antibodies kind of, in their body. I mean, regardless. Sure. But. Sure. Because they test positive for it. Then boom, all of a sudden you die and, you test positive for it. You died of coronavirus. I don't know, man. Yep. Like I said, I'm not an expert in any way, shape, or form of, and I'm trying to just really keep my mind open. Um, I just, yeah, same here. I just tell people don't watch the news for sure. Don't watch yeah. CNN. <laughs> I mean, you can get a lot of anxiety. I mean, if people dealing with, um, you know, mental issues and anxiety and depression. Uh, right now during this time, one of the first things you can do is just stop watching that. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it feels like straight fear mongering at times. Um, now they're talking about a second wave coming. It's like, oh boy, the second wave. And it's I, like, yeah, they're, they're just running out of things to get you freaked out about. So, you know, we're going to yep. start worrying about a future coronavirus pandemic yeah. now now that things are kind of settling down um you know in a lot of places in america it, it seems like we're definitely kind of on the downturn um but i would love to know the real numbers in uh, all the countries yeah, and, not and just ours i don't know i don't know if they're being told that because there, there could be a lot of factors, and I like to keep my mind open about that, too. I don't necessarily think it's the government trying to gain these sure. numbers and get the death sure. count higher because right. they said, what, they said, maybe 2 million Americans are going to die. 1 million to 2 like million that. three weeks ago is what uh, the woman here in Ohio, there Amy. There could be a lot of factors. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there, there could be a lot of factors. Like, maybe it's an insurance thing. Maybe the hospitals need to do it as a corona death because of insurance purposes or, mm -hmm. or who knows why exactly they're instructing them. And it's yeah. not coming necessarily from the doctors. The doctors are being told this. It's coming from really the, the bureaucrats that, again, the ACA, the Affordable Care Act, put in place at these hospitals that what I'm seeing now is a lot of awakening and an eye-opening from the doctors. And yeah. doctors are speaking out. Yeah. These healthcare professionals. What are they all see. saying? What are what have you heard from some doctors? Because I've heard a couple things. I want to hear what you've heard. Sure. Well, well obviously, of, of, of these death certificates okay. and, and, you know, you and I, we know a couple of nurses, a couple of doctors. Yep. Um, my my sister-in-law is a, a doctor in her ER as well. Um, and, and we're just I'm just hearing random stuff left and right. But uh, one a, a, a friend of our friend, actually a mutual friend of mine, so she got so mad about the death certificates that she she took off and and she works in a state up north and they went to Florida and she just was like I'm not doing this anymore and and, and left because she was so mad about the death certificates. But uh, the other interesting thing is a lot of the doctors are talking out about the bureaucracy of the hospitals now because there there's these managers, essentially, that the Affordable Care Act have put in place. Um, a lot of the hospitals are more conglomerates now, mm -hmm. um, and, and that goes into 
that's just the funding, the, the, the way hospitals get funded, um, because it's, you know, they, they are not getting paid right away. They're, they're having, they're doing work on people that might never, never pay. Um, real quick before I, uh, on the death certificates. So the other interesting thing in, in New York's rescinded this now, but they, they put out, um, New York city. This is a, a do not resuscitate order. Mm. Wow. And, and that quickly That's hit the dark. fan on that one. And people were like, wait, what do you mean? Why so theoretically, would they do no, that? No one knows. They put an order. They said anyone who, who's, uh, who doesn't have a pulse, do not resuscitate them and mandated that, um, just yesterday or the day before. Um, and they've since rescinded that order, but that's this kind of stuff that you were going to start seeing. I, I, I fear. Um, but no, but so, so the doctors and nurses are talking out against the, this bureaucracy in, in, in the hospitals yeah. and how these, these, you know, the managers and the CEOs and the, 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 the um, administration, um, aren't doctors and, but they're right. telling the doctors what to do and what procedures they can do and certain costs and pencil pushers. Here. Pencil pushers. It too is all the paperwork yeah. out of government too. Right. It's just but, a giant bureaucracy. They've been, they seem, they've been being fed up for so long mm-hmm. and now that all the pressure's on them. And, and the other thing is, so like, so my sister-in-law, she got, um, they got their pay cut. I, I don't know how much they got cut, but, but I mean, it sounded like it was decently significant. And their hours increased. So now all these medical staff are being asked to um, work longer hours for less pay, which is crazy. Right, I'm right. sure that there's going to be a break for sure. Yeah. But you're already starting to see a lot of them talk out where, you know, sadly, I think I had wished people would have talked out before a crisis. But, you know, people sure. are comfortable. A lot of people don't know that everyone shares the same opinion or not everyone shares the same opinion, but a lot of people, right. Yeah. You know, a lot of people are having the same issues, hospital, hospital, hospital. And now it's all bubbling to the surface yeah. where they're talking about these, these bureaucracies at the top, these non-medical people that are dictating surgery. They're coming in, in surgeries and telling them, yeah. you know, certain things they can and cannot do in yeah. regards to having to help save their patient. Or, you know, we can't afford this procedure. So you can't do that when the medical profession professionals like this is what's going to save this patient right and who cares about that who cares about the cost or who cares about this government regulation here and these are the people um, so that we need the- to be listening to the doctors the nurses you know if they're if they're getting, being yep. stifled and their message isn't getting out there um you yep. know that's a shame i mean they're the ones on the front lines so to speak of the people we should be getting reporting from we should be listening to yeah um, you know, the, what's, but it feels like a lot of that's not making it into the news. So, you know, yeah. whether they're coming out through well, local news make- or yeah, exactly. So, um, God, I would love to get a doctor or a nurse on here <laughs> and just, I would love to hear from somebody, you know, here in Columbus, a doctor or nurse and, and get their perspective. We have a, a mutual friends that are a husband and wife that are both nurses. And to be honest, they haven't been working much. Uh, I know, uh, yeah. our, our, I think they're on, on our, every week or something. Yeah. So uh, my buddy had a whole, and, and one, whole week off. Say a, a heart specialist, right? They, and yeah. We're talking about like having less heart issues now or where well, did all these patients They're just go? not scheduling procedures. So they, uh, work in the James cancer hospital and the Ross heart hospital. Um, and so the, 
in the in the cancer hospital I know, there's just nobody coming in for procedures, uh, for cancer treatments. So I, I guess what they were trying to do was clear up all that space and room for COVID patients when this, you know, giant pandemic was going to just sweep the entire city. And when it really didn't happen, which you could say, hey, maybe it's because we did shelter in place and it worked. Who knows? That could be the case. It very well could be the case. You know, Ohio got ahead of it yeah. early. Our cases seem to be, uh, you know, low in comparison to our, our population. Um but, you know, the, a lot of the Ohio State nurses and, and these cancer hospitals, they just don't have anything to do. They're just kind of sitting around. So, you know, I know last couple of weeks they've been just kind of like, hey, just take a week off. And uh, we just yeah. – there's just not much going on. And so kind of waiting for this big spike. We keep waiting for this big spike where like every single hospital in the entire city is going to be completely full. We're going to run out of beds. We're going to run out of ventilators. And, you know, when that didn't happen, now these there's no procedures scheduled. Um, you know, so there's – And the hospitals can't mm-hmm. from it either. Yeah. So um, – yeah, man, I would I would love to get a doctor that's been dealing closely with the situation um, if, from Columbus. I'd love to do it too, That'd be amazing. It's not really not making that Associated Press talking points. No, you know, any of the no, you just don't hear a. It's coming from a lot of independent sources. Um, some of yeah. these stories that are coming that, out, it's on social media and stuff. You know, that's a Facebook topic for another day. But yeah, mm-hmm. investigative journalism is not is is. Uh, is going independent and yeah. uh, any of the mainstream, it's yeah, just junk. Yeah, it's just junk. So, what are the positives, Bryce? What are some things that you're seeing? Uh, I know you were starting to hit on that earlier, yeah. and um, so that's the interesting thing. I, I think that to me, that is a positive that these doctors are starting to talk out. You know, yeah. it, like I said, it's sad that it took a crisis for people to realize that there was this dysfunction yeah. and that stuff underneath the hood wasn't working as expected. Yeah. Um, but, you know, through these things, you, you get a lot of change. You get a lot of, you know, honestly, these are cleansing moments. You know, there, there was a lot of bad stuff. There's a lot of weak stuff and, and we're sort of getting rid of all that. The other thing is I think, you know, ripped back. Just, just globally, not just doctors, or just waking up to, mm-hmm. um, you know, what's going around them. One money situations, you know, sadly, I think it's been a, a reality check for a lot of people that, that, you know, we're, we're a consumer-driven economy, right? And if you get furloughed or if you lose your job and yeah. and you sadly thought that was going to go on forever and you could afford these these houses and these, these cars, cars and these this, boats, this car and, debt yep. and, you know, going out every day, going to the bar all the time, taking vacations. And, and, and you know, that's not everyone, but that's, that, that's definitely people in this country. I mean, if you look at the, the savings trends, and the consumer, the the, the credit card trends, uh, it's alarming. Um, you know, what is it? Like, it was either forty or sixty percent, regardless of what it is. It's a terrible number of U.S. households didn't have a thousand dollars in savings. So uh, we were already setting ourselves up for for failure in 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 that regard. But you know, I, I think that is a wake up. This is a wake up call for people, and there's going to be a lot of people struggling with things. But you know. There's so many more people that I've heard planting gardens, right? Oh yeah. Uh, you know the kids are out of school, so there's people doing homeschooling now. I know you, yep. you and your two dollars. You, you know that's that's an added struggle, but 
honestly, that, that might be a good thing that, you know, that people have to deal more with their family and their kids and, and, uh, yeah. get to more time with their family. No, that's been um, great and I, for us. The homeschool I mean, we've is going to trend that happens. Yeah. I, I think there's going to be a significant portion. As long of, as uh, you can keep them socialized. Say, as long as you can keep kids socialized, that's the only issue with homeschooling right now. Anyways, <laughs> there's, I mean, there's nothing like my daughter cries every single day because she can't see her friends. She would, she wants to go to school. I mean, you our, know, our neighbors and we broke quarantine last Sunday. And so it's been, that's been interesting to see is like who will break quarantine and, you know, hush, hush, like yeah. we can go have dinner with some or something. Right. Um, and it's, don't you know? I don't blame people that don't because you know the fear is a real thing. But yeah, we broke quarantine with friends of ours and their nine-year-old daughter came and she's like, "I am just so socially starved." Oh my god! <laughs> and didn't tell her to say that. That's, That's great. All her. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and she's like, "I just need to see people." And she like looked at her family and she's like, "I mean, these are people, but not these people. Other people. <laughs> <laughs> my people. I need to see okay. my people." Yeah. Yeah. I think the trends are going to be interesting to see coming out of this i think a lot of people are going to be saving you know that's not good for the economy but i think on an individual level people are going to come out really strong like i said like a lot of gardening is happening homeschooling maybe a lot more self-reliance yeah people Um, have time to do things that they never had time to do before you know there's oh so many so much free uh so much free time whether it's planting a garden you know somebody picking up a hobby or getting more serious about a hobby or starting a business that they always wanted to start or, um, you know, some people are kind of, you know, digging into the fear. You guys and doing what you're doing right now, doing what we're doing. I mean, this was, uh, you know, you see the opportunity there. I mean, we'd obviously been talking about it, but this sort of, you know, got it started. Like, well, what do we do now? And I think this is, (laughs) Just one example of, of hundreds of thousands of tons of examples of that going on right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. The trends are buying local. I, I, yeah. Our local farmers cannot produce stuff quick enough. Like the, the one guy that, that we get a lot of meat and, and eggs and chicken from, he is like hogs. He has a bunch of stuff. Um, in his house, he lives in, he has a farm, but he lives in like more suburbia area. In his garage is just full of chickens right now because he can't. <laughs> He can't grow them quick enough. What? And, everybody's and, building chicken coops. Everybody's building chicken. Everybody's building chicken coops. Everybody's getting yeah, we, a garden. We, exactly. Yeah, we, that's we amazing. We have another. Uh, uh, we have another, and I'm actually remind me about that after this call, Mikey, because I need to. Um, I'm on um, the treasurer of our local HOA, and I'm going to propose that because we have a no chicken oh, rule in our on. HOA laws that no that's, one enforces anyways. That's got to go. Tons of my neighbors have chickens, but yeah, Columbus um, doesn't have an ordinance. For it's on the chickens. books. And I get that. But but yeah, so that buying local, finding out where your food comes from, yeah. you know who has it, who has. It locally, I, I think um, just finding alternatives to news sources is uh, you know a lot of people have been digging trying to find the truth. Yep. What's going on? And again, we might never know the truth. We're not. Well, I don't think we'll ever know the true origin of wherever this came from, and it could have been just totally from. Like you said, some guy eating some bat soup somewhere. You know, that doesn't matter. Well, uh, but these trends are breaking, and that's a good thing for everybody. <laughs> as, as people get out of their daily routines, it makes you stop and think yeah. about really what's important. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and Spending time with family has been such a blessing for me, and for our family, it's just 
you know, the kids are both home. I, all my gigs got canceled and, you know, my partner, you know, was on, uh, kind of, you know, coming back to his position, but uh, there was a layoff period for a lot of our friends in production. And, you know, we're live event, uh, live conferences, festivals, concerts, you know, we're live streaming oh, so specialists and, the live and that just, uh, just all evaporated, <laughs> you know, overnight, just boom, gone. So, you know, we really just trying to shift gears and, and be malleable right now. I think that's important for everybody is, is not get yeah. locked in and too comfortable when things like this happen. And, you know, at the rate we're going, it feels like that there's just so many strange things that happen. I mean, for example, last summer, remember the good old days when Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself? I mean, I really miss those days. Like that, those are the good yeah, times. <laughs> Was I lied to? Him? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, we, we have good days ahead, but it makes you look back on last summer and be like, oh, my God, I miss – remember the good old days when everybody just yep. found out that, you know, pedo rings were yep. a real thing. And, <laughs> oh, boy, it's – but, no, this is a lot of positive things that, you know, the, at least yeah. our group of friends, People are like everyone's freedom. very has, – has had a good attitude and, you know, is getting through it fairly well. Yep which is good to see so far. Yeah. So far. <laughs> and that's the thing I think, you know, what I'd encourage people to do is to, is to stay positive because yeah. we're not through this. No, you know, we haven't yet opened the economy. We, we will see how this goes. Yeah. Um, but the, 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 you know, I always found it interesting that like the hiking trails were getting so congested, hiking trails were getting congested that they had to shut them down. Yeah. So that means people were going out, which is great. Yeah. Um, Picking up all those hobbies, but you know, I, I think I wrote down a list a while ago, just different things. You know, like read, plant a garden, learn to shoot, clean your house, yeah, eat, eat healthy. <laughs> you know, but I think it, really importantly too, uh, just monitoring local politics too, because that's where the rubber meets the road in, in your local area. You know, exactly. Trump can't enforce anything that he does. You know, or Obama, or Bush, or or you know whoever. Um, you know, it comes down to your your local. You know. Uh, local politicians, your local law enforcement, um, you know, local firefighters and stuff like that. They're, they're the ones that you're going to end up being interacting with. Exactly. Yeah. There's so many things on a federal level that aren't really going to affect you. I mean, obviously they, there's some things that will, uh, you know, affect us when it comes to money policy and, and uh, some of those kind of bigger issues, but really keeping an eye on your local government, you can get so much more done um, and be involved on, you know, on that smaller level and, you know, mm-hmm. see the difference and change locally. So that's important. It's really cool that you guys are getting in, you and your wife are getting involved in local politics there in North Carolina. And uh, I'd love to see where that all leads for you guys. And that's, um, you know, maybe a it's it's been a good group for us to uh, to be a part of. Um, I mentioned at the top, I'm uh, the chair of the Libertarian Party here, but it, it's been eye opening for me to 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 be a part of a third party like that, where um, everyone is different, especially in this party. And I don't know if it might be the same in the other ones too, the other independents. But I feel like the Republicans and the Democrats are all homogenous. 
you know, I can I can tell who my which ones of my friends are the the ultra liberals and which ones are the ultra conservatives, and you know they're still my friends and they're great people. But um, in in the Libertarian Party, uh, you know, one one of my friends, um, his like profile is it's great. Is that four of the guys in our group standing together and they're all libertarians and they're all about freedom and one's a Jew and one's a Christian and one's a Muslim and one's a pagan. <laughs> and they're all buds, and they're all hanging out, and yeah. really like they're the driving is freedom, you know, freedom for you, freedom for me, freedom of choice, and to really treat people like adults, and and uh, you know re- respect everyone's decisions, and and uh, that you know everyone's not going to make the right decision all the time, and or you know the right decision for them might be not be the decision that you wanted them to make, but um, you know I I, I just personally that 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 jives with me that, yeah. that giving people the freedom to be themselves make this place a better place yeah and we need third parties this is ridiculous this two-party system <laughs> man this it's like you know two heads of the same dragon uh, it really is you know how the debates are controlled and and the rnc and the dnc and oh. you know with you know, people made fun of me for voting for Gary Johnson. And it's like, it's not that I necessarily liked Gary Johnson all that much. You know, he got killed for the Aleppo controversy and all that. He didn't know what Aleppo was. And, and it was like one thing he said, and it just exploded his whole operation. But that's besides the point. For me, it was more or less to vote for a third party. Not necessarily because I like Gary Johnson all that much, but just to have that third option. And to be able to talk with other people about having a third option. And I'm an independent. I wouldn't, I'd say I'm libertarian leaning, you know, moderate. I'm pretty balanced. And um, uh, political parties, for, they're just not for me to be a card carrying Republican or a Democrat. Um, but I think it's important that we have a third party, a fourth party, a fifth party, a sixth party. You know, let's have uh, as many different political parties as possible and um and just this left right paradigm it feels like everyone thinks they fall into either a or b yeah like exactly so you're saying i'm not 150 well 160 million people and you're either a or b and then you gotta toe that party line so if you're you know mainstream republican you know you gotta be pro-life and you gotta be you know Christian values and then on the democratic side on the left you know there's just so many things so if you're not necessarily for one thing or the other then you know you fit into either this left category or the right category well most people don't fit into you know strictly into one or the other it's it's a mixture of values and views that people have i mean we're all so different uh human beings vary so much how can you put someone into a two-party system box it just seems like a an old system that that just doesn't work it feels like it's really crumbling especially when we have joe biden running against donald trump hold on a second right and again, you know, how controlled was that? Joe Biden was the runner from the get-go, yeah. right? They yeah. weren't going to let Bernie get no, that. They weren't going to let Bernie win, man. And then Bernie comes out and he supports Joe Biden. And, you know, that's the difficult thing that I had uh, in the 2016 election. It was when Bernie dropped out of that. Uh, 
right away supported and backed Hillary Clinton's campaign. So, you know, he's, uh, but there's no choice there, you know, Trump, Biden, it's the illusion of choice. That's my, it's like AT&T, Verizon, you know, Walmart, Target, you get the illusion of choice. Um, uh, George yeah, Carlin has an amazing joke I mean, about that. It would be totally different. <laughs> yeah. Regime under either or it's not like they're not the same person but the the long-term trends would stay intact yeah or we've been monetarily wise surveillance wise just taking away your personal freedoms and rights yeah but yeah i think biden would be a slightly different president than trump (laughs) (laughs) i just can't wait for the debates if nothing else they're gonna be absolutely hilarious and entertaining I mean, I'm definitely not a Trump supporter. I'm not a Trump guy. I'm I'm not a Biden guy. Presidential year. Yeah. We haven't hardly had anything because it's Trump, obviously. Yeah. I don't know how any of this is going to play out. These are weird and wonderful times, Bryce. This was an uh, awesome, awesome time sitting down with you and finally doing this conversation. Um, we've had these yeah. conversations for years and years and years. They've never once been recorded. Um, some of them have been super passionate going back to our kind of mid and late twenties. Um, I think I've calmed down quite a bit and have gotten a bit more grounded from those oh, days. And <laughs> so, um, you know, everybody watching and listening, thank you for having an open mind and hopefully we brought you some good information today. Bryce, you've been awesome. Uh, say hi thanks. to your wife and uh, thanks Definitely. everybody. This is oh, thanks to you. It's great. Yeah, man. Um, this is the strange road and follow us on Instagram, Facebook and crowdcast at the strange road. Um, again, take care everybody. It's been awesome. See you, Bryce. Yeah.